0: This is a Global Original Podcast. Hello, my name is Gordon Glenister. Welcome to Influence, the global podcast that shines a spotlight on the influencer marketing industry. I'm the co-founder of BCMA Influence, which is a professional membership association that represents the influencer marketing industry. And my objective is to interview some of the most interesting people in the world of influencer marketing. And in the next 30 minutes, get real insights, ideas and tips to help you better understand the fascinating world of influence. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking to the Director General of the European Advertising Standards Alliance, Lucas Boudet. Now, new data from the UK's advertising regulator, the ASA, suggested that more consumers are more aware now uh, of adverts from influencers as the industry has increased its spend over the last year. There's now around one in four complaints about online advertising submitted to the ASA in 2019 that took issue with sponsored influencer posts. The UK's Ad Watchdogs annual report. Uh, Suggested that it resolved 34,717 complaints, about 24,886 ads last year, and of these, 16,767 complaints were made in relation to online ads, whereas 9,997 corresponded to TV ads. And over the past year, the ASA has issued warnings to a number of influencers and brand partners over misleading or unclear ads, including Zoella and ASOS, and a number of ITV Love Island contestants. So in light of this, I wanted to understand more about the role of the European-wide advertising standards alliance, and uh, who better to ask than the Director-General, uh, Lucas Bude?
1: So we are the European Advertising Standard Alliance. We are an association based in Brussels. And what we do, we defend self-regulation for the purpose of ensuring responsible advertising. So behind us, we have industry associations representing all of the advertising ecosystem, advertisers, agencies, media, all forms of media. It can be radio, uh, TV, press, online, outdoors, etc. that all come together because they have a common interest and believe that advertising should be responsible. And then behind us, we have another category of members. We have 27 self-regulatory members which are based across Europe. This is to say the EU, but most EU countries and beyond. Uh, So maybe soon the the UK, but as well we have members in Turkey, for example, or in uh, Switzerland. And these self-regulatory organizations, what they do is on a daily basis, they ensure that advertising standards are enforced. So self-regulatory organizations, first they bring together the local advertising ecosystem. They set together uh, rules and they commit to abide by those rules. Then beyond that, what they will ensure is that then the advertising that is produced is uh, in line and compliant with those advertising standards. So they do checks, for instance, provide advice even before the campaigns are launched. This is what we call copy advice, they can do also monitoring, and as a last line of defense, they handle consumer complaints. If a consumer feels uh, misled or is offended by an ad, they can actually file in uh, a complaint to the local self-regulatory organization, which is the ASA uh, in the UK, for for instance. Mm. We handle cross-border complaints, which means that no matter where the consumer is in Europe, if there's an SRO, and no matter where the ad comes from, stems from, whatever country, it will be handled in the person's uh, local language.
0: Why do you think it's important to have a single voice across Europe rather than just leaving it to the regulatory bodies in their own countries? In other words, what's the purpose of the collaboration?
1: Well, first of all, I think that indeed rules, self-regulatory rules, have a national component to it because um, there's what is legal, what is illegal. But then we talk about issues of uh, decency, for example, what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. And this can vary from one country to the other. What is acceptable in Finland might not be acceptable uh, in France, for instance. Uh, And the same goes throughout time. So there's a social element. So it's important. And this is why we are locally rooted, first of all. The SOS can really understand the context in which the ads are produced and better understand also the consumer and how the consumer will perceive these ads This said, it's important to be united as well. So we call it unity in diversity, because indeed, in European level, there are many different directives and regulations that come that cover issues of commercial communication. And here, our job is to defend the fact that self-regulation works hand in hand with law, but does provide specific assets compared to hard law. For instance, it can adapt quickly, complaints are handled in one month or two months at most, which is quicker. Uh, So there's room for self-regulation to exist. And as regulation is produced at European level, as an extra layer on top of what's produced at national level, it's important that what we do is recognized, known, and reflected in regulations and directives coming from the European Union. And it's actually the case, just to give one example, the Audiovisual media service directives actually recognises self-regulation as a policy option.
0: So how do you measure the impact of some of these regulations? And from an influencer marketing perspective, we know that the level of complaints are rising and some would say a rule is only as good as the enforcement measures behind it. And therefore, how do you answer the criticism that some of these rules are not creating the impact they deserve?
1: So there's different elements. I think, first of all, the majority of uh, marketers want to act responsibly because they have actually business interest in doing so. Trust is paramount. It's a big share of the market capitalization of brands. Mm. So they need to act responsibly. Of course, we always focus on those who don't do it right. And here there's these two categories, I would say. There's those who maybe by mistake or lack of understanding don't act correctly. So this is why SOS uh, provide advice, copy advice to marketers to know exactly what are the rules, how to be as close, how to respect them whilst being creative. Then we have, and we can talk about it, it's influencers themselves, who sometimes don't really realize that they are marketers and need to abide by specific rules as well. So here there's a role of training and education. Then we have rogue traders, those who are maybe even sometimes based on the other side of the world, who want to act in a non-responsible manner. And our system has not really been designed to handle these cases. So this is why, when it happens, our self organization it's called to decide on an ad which is not compliant and it comes from a rogue trader, they will refer it to the authorities. So to answer your question, I think, no system can be perfect in the way it enforces rules. So that's important that all of the actors work together. Mm. I would say even we work, for instance, with uh, the consumer authorities, the CPC, uh, Consumer Protection uh, Authorities Network in Europe, as well because they also are facing limits in how they can enforce uh, rules regarding uh, misleading advertisement. So I think all of the systems themselves, the more we are, the more we work together, the more we can achieve a proper proper enforcement. So even before enforcement is to ensure awareness and then inform uh, enforcement to address those that still don't comply. But yeah. no system, I would say, is perfect. I think but the more we do together, the closer we can get to that
0: goal. I absolutely agree. In fact, one last question before we before we move on, because I'm, I'm keen to talk about the recent survey you've done across Europe around the impact of COVID in relation to complaints. So do you think technology will play an increasing role, particularly with AI and spotting misleading ads? Uh, I know the ASA are looking at uh, this in particular and wondered if um, it was widely being considered across Europe.
1: Of course. Self-regulation is adapted throughout time. Uh, our rules are based on the ICC code, which dates back to 1937. And of course, even TV, you know, was nascent at that period. And we've adapted to rules to changing environments. And now the majority of ad spend is online. And this will not stop. And of course, it means these new mediums, new possibilities, uh, but also much more, many more advertisers before a shop owner would put Decorated storefront, now it can actually post something on Facebook or on on Google. So there's many more, there's a bigger community of marketers before it was concentrated among brands. Now there's a long tail of smaller ones. We need to raise awareness with this more volume to handle as well. And that's growing and being handled by our network. So of course, to address this, we need to take advantage of technology. So we don't see it as a, a problem. It's more part of the solution. So indeed some of our members, uh, such as the self regulatory organization, as you mentioned in the UK, but also in France or in Netherlands are working on different technologies. So one of them is artificial intelligence to screen the ads and identify specific advertisement that would not be compliant. Uh, that's one element, but it's also avatar monitoring to m- duplicate, to create, just an example in the UK, to create the profile of an underage kid navigated online and to identify which ads are being served. Because now it's a really individualized experience, the advertisement. Every citizen has its own online, at least its own uh, ad uh, environment, and we need to address this. So as these ads are being served with technology, we need to control them through technology. And I think the solution is having a human factor, which is important, because the last call at the end of the day is a matter perception, if we talk about taste and decency, there's a local element to it. So, as of today, it can't be fully automatized. Maybe one day it will, but as of now, we need humans to make the final call. But the mass can be pre-cleared, pre-analyzed through technology. So this is why, as I said, some members are working on it and we are supporting them. And at EASA, we are are considering specific also investment into that field. Today in our membership we represent, uh, we have the stakeholders of all the advertising ecosystem and it's important as well uh, because those big companies, uh, Google, Facebook, uh, these platforms, if you can call them that one, or digital players, it's important that as well, they are part of the self-regulatory system because they are part of the equation in addressing uh, online advertisement.
0: So talk to me a little bit more about the survey you've recently conducted Um, I'm trying to get an idea of the number of complaints that were received.
1: The first thing we can point out and credit to the network is that all of our members are continuing operating because what they do on a daily basis, no matter if it's COVID or something else, is to ensure ads are responsible, that there's no misleading claims, that it's socially responsible. So with COVID, we'll say that it's even more acute, but the baseline has been maintained. Of course, working from home, but all of our network have been handling consumer complaints. These variations between countries uh, in the number of complaints. We have seen some decrease uh, in the complaints during uh, the lockdown period. Same goes for copy advice. Although now we are seeing that it's being, uh, picking up pretty quickly. But despite that reduction, there has been a series of complaints and a number of those regarding COVID-19. And you have some interesting ones across the world as well. So, for example, uh, regarding claims, uh, we have one where a mattress can actually protect uh, people from uh, COVID-19. So that's uh, playing with the lack of understanding that maybe some consumers may have between germs, uh, between viruses and general cleanliness. This one comes from India, but I think it was interesting to, as an anecdote to, to pick it up. But as uh, closer to us, some examples uh, we have uh, drinking wine, for example, can protect against uh, different diseases, chronic diseases, including COVID 19. So, of course, this is not substantiated. So, just two examples that are really extreme, but sometimes it's a bit more borderline where there's no uh, way to, to uh, substantiate the claim. In this case, it cannot be considered as uh, responsible. Uh, advertising. We have health claims, a uh, series of them, uh, but there's also issues of uh, excessive pricing, there's maybe uh, less products available as well, and unsupported supported claims. Um, so this is when we talk about claims, but we can also talk about social responsibility as well, where, of course, more and more, um, I would say, people are sensitive uh, in the situation of COVID. There's maybe more fear. Uh, fear mongering, for example. So this irresponsible behavior, and we've seen ads in that regards. One example in Finland, for example, for financial services, we had pictures of kids uh, looking uh, scared and saying, uh, "I don't have the exact wording now, but uh, what will be the future? There's some fear about what was going uh, to, to happen." So here again, it's not the right moment to talk about this. We have examples. The, Uh, in Germany, where they promote specific tools. And here it's said that COVID has killed the prices. Maybe that's not uh, appropriate, given the current uh, situation as well. Or some advertisements in France for discotheques uh, saying, uh, well, it's it's F-words, I won't say it, COVID in a flyer, uh, inviting uh, people to join a party just before the lockdown. Is that responsible or not? Uh, Same thing. We need to exercise caution the current situation
0: and then what about the media have you found um, has been the which which specific media have you found has been the largest area of complaints
1: so traditionally the two most complained about the channels in which we see the most complaints is online and audiovisual media services uh, on video on demand uh, TV etc so it reflects uh, I would say the general uh, breakdown per media is reflected in the nature of uh, complaints regarding Uh, COVID. I think we could also hear pinpoint outdoors, for example, that was heavily impacted as a sector, of course, given the lockdown. And Mm -hmm. we've seen this is more personal load, seeing also across billboards, positive messages that have been done as well to to support. And I think we can also highlight the great job that has been done, because here we talk only about negative examples. So what we can talk about is advertisers that make a good job, and also uh, complaints where there's been a complaint, but it has not been upheld, not been considered as being not responsible as well. So to give you a few numbers uh, in our network, so of course it's only a quick survey that has been done between uh, mid-March and mid-May. Across the network, we've uh, identified around 500 complaints regarding COVID, a bit more. uh, And across the world, I think it's 1,600 across the network. Of course, this needs to be further defined Looking back at the year when it will be over and compare, see how it compares to uh, other statistics.
0: And Lucas, what sort of steps did your members have to take during the COVID 19 lockdown?
1: What we try to address is see what extra steps our members have done to serve the consumers and also the businesses. Uh, so, as I said, first they continued operations, but beyond that, as it's an acute topic, is to provide advice for marketers. Uh, Also advice for consumers on the websites, for some of our members. Uh, Also having uh, statements, uh, EASA together with ICAS, with some sister organizations across the world has issued a statement, uh, also uh, pushing for advertisers, first praising them for the good work, but also insisting that advertisement should be responsible and that marketers should respect laws and standards and also take into account sensitivities of people in the current situation. So advice, general advice, but also ad hoc advice, which means uh, through what we discussed, copy advice, where marketers can actually, on the specific case, get an assessment from experts that handle complaints and uh, advice throughout the year. And beyond this, it's also to fast track, because sometimes uh, consumers want to act quickly, they don't really know how to do it. Uh, It can be troublesome to set up fast track systems, and this has been seen across the network uh, as well, so we focus more on the actions that our members uh, are taking, and also on the relationship that they are having with consumer uh, authorities, as well to cover, as we talked about enforcement, to ensure that uh, they work hand in hand with uh, other organisations that strive in the same direction.
0: Interesting. Um, I'm guessing by us increasing more brand awareness for the rules and the importance of them, consumers are now calling out and complaining when something isn't right. In fact, um, you may have seen the recent piece of data from the ASA suggesting the level of complaints about influencer marketing has risen. Now, that's also possible as more of us are more aware of the hashtag ad or inappropriate posting at the time of COVID. It's all about getting it right, isn't it?
1: Totally. And I think that the advice I can give, and this is valid for marketers and consumers, is when in doubt, if you don't know, if you ad campaign, just ask copy advice to local SRO because maybe the, what is acceptable outside of COVID-19 times maybe is is not acceptable today. So check it. And for consumers, the same thing. I think I take this opportunity to raise my voice and say, complain, if there's something that you don't feel comfortable about that you think is misleading, give it a try, test the network and see the feedback. So I think it's important to raise, uh, to raise awareness. And here you raise another question, which is, Uh, the identification of commercial communication uh, vis-a-vis for influencers as well. And here again, if influencers are listening to me, same thing, check with your local SO, which is the accepted uh, way to disclose the fact that what you are doing may be commercial communication. Uh, Please use whatever means it is, hashtag ad. For instance, in the UK might be something different in other countries where the word advertisement is not ad, for example. So that's, I think, the challenge is how to find a correct articulation between being global, ready to brand or an influencer, and on the other side, uh, respect uh, local cultures. So I think it's taking into account who, which population you're addressing. That's number one, who you're talking to in general. Always be on the safe side with more hashtags than less, if applicable. Uh, so we have some discussions on this as well with platforms and trying to find other types of solutions as well. But for the time being, I think, is to be more on the cautious side to think about what are the consequences of what influencers are doing. Because I think sometimes it's, it depends, of course, of who we're talking to, but some influencers are not professional or are starting in the business and are not aware that if specific criteria are met, what they are doing is actually considered commercial communication and as such needs to be disclosed and needs to respect a series of, of rules. And of course, this varies from country to country. But the two main criteria, if I can remind them, is number one, compensation. If a brand uh, gives you something for free, it can be monetary, it can be uh, in nature uh, to be defined. But if there is compensation and there is also editorial control. If you review a pair of shoes and they tell you what type of review you need to give, well, in this case, for sure, it is commercial communication and needs to be disclosed as such.
0: And lastly, moving forward, what's on the agenda for the Alliance in the next year?
1: So I would say digital, digital, digital in three words. I think (laughs) we really no on different fronts, I think. So one of them is influencer marketing. It means, uh, as you've seen the numbers in the UK, I think the whole sector is developing. So we are accompanying this uh, to remain relevant in addressing and ensuring responsible advertising uh, with regards to influencer marketing. Uh, there's also initiatives with virtual influencers and there's a code also being drafted in the UK. So also to support, to be linked to those initiatives uh, to make sure that our advice and expertise and those codes uh, applies. So here, I think that's one element. Digital as well, because as I mentioned earlier, uh, behind our, our alliance, we have uh, advertisers, agencies and media, uh, but it would be good also to have platforms on board. So we in the discussion, have conversations with some of them as well, uh, for them to be fully part of our network. And we hope to progress on this uh, in the coming months. Uh, And digital is the tools, as well. We talked earlier on about AI, about web crawlers, about um, uh, avatars. So the idea is to invest in technology, take the best practices that some of our members have. And as much as possible, of course, I think it will go beyond the next 12 months, but really to step up uh, our network, to make sure it's future proof with these new developments
0: so if you want to access uh, all the legal guidance relating to the asa disclosure guidelines uh, go and check out the bcma website which is www.thebcma.info or if you want to find out more about the alliance the web address is www. Um, essa which is easa-alliance.org mm-hmm. This podcast is supported by the Branded Content Marketing Association. Our aim is to promote the value of influencer marketing globally. So that's it for another edition of Influence. Please don't forget to subscribe and let us have your feedback. And any questions that you've got, just drop me a line uh, of feedback at influencepodcast.net or you can go on to the BCMA website, which is www.thebcma.inflow. You can also send me a message on my Instagram, which is Gordon Glenister. Uh, and if you feel like it, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review because that it would be awesome and it really helps us. Thanks to my producer, Neil Whiteside of Freedom One. So from me, Gordon Glenister, it's bye for now.